Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube. Welcome to L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Hi, Carl. Hey, Mike. Uh, (laughs) Thanks for having me on. People listening to audio won't Thanks get this thing. Having me on, you are. Well, yes, right, right. I know. I'm glad to be here as your co-host again. Thank you oh. very much, Mike Spiegelman. I am this Mike Spiegelman and Carl. And let me just hog up some time. Don't forget to donate to Mutiny Radio. Absolutely, we are rec- actually streaming right now on Mutiny Radio, and we stream first every Sunday, 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. We're out from San Francisco. And you can find us uh, at our podcast at L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T and our YouTube channel with video right now, L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. But donate to Mutiny Radio. Go to Venmo and give them some money at Mutiny Radio. The website is mutinyradio.fm. There's another donation button. And you can listen to all the great shows and read about the live comedy here at Mutiny Radio. We're on Mini Radio, Carl. We watch a full-length movie every week on YouTube. Uh, great premise. Great premise, right? Do we rip along as the movie goes? Yes. Yeah, so I built these robots because I am uh, lost in space and I'm forced to watch bad movies. <laughs> yeah, and... you know that show, Mystery Science Theater 3? Yeah, it's nothing like that. Yeah. Nothing like it's that. No, nothing no, 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 no. like that. Carl, what movie are we watching today? Today we are watching... As time goes by, 1988. As time goes As by, time 1988. As time goes by. How can you right. say that title without hearing the, the song from Casablanca? Well, that's true. Absolutely. And look, everyone at home who's going to watch this movie w- with us, you must remember this. It's go As Time Goes By, 1988. The channel we like is, it's all one word, so it, it's not friendly to your eye, but it's Hey Do Radio. Hey Do Radio. H-E-R. How do you spell Do? D O E. All right. Hey Do Radio is hosting as time goes by from 1988. Yes. A, a current movie for us. A 1988. Yeah. Type in as time goes by 1988. You'll find the link courtesy of Hey Do D O E Radio. Click it. Hit pause. Move it back to zero zero zero. When you hear go, we're all going to hit play, and we're going to watch this movie on YouTube together. So you could listen to us streaming live and watching the YouTube channel right now live. You can listen to the podcast and DYI it at your own convenience, or just go to the YouTube channel, and Carl already synced it for you. Right. Carl, I'm really excited that there's a celebrity comedian to do our countdown for our movie. Take it away, Carl. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Celebrity Comedian Countdown, this time with Scott! Welcome, Scott! How you doing? All right. Now, Scott, you are a comedian out there on the scene. I'm seeing you come up. We're coming up together. Seeing you at open mics. I'm seeing you at shows. The first thing I want to ask is you've only got one name. This is very peculiar, just to go by Scott. How did that start? How did you make that change? You know what? I am not really sure, but there was a great comedian that I used to watch when I did the stand-up comedy. His name he went by Carl. So <laughs> I don't know. If, I don't know if that stuck or I just 
came up with it on my own. I really mm -hmm. don't know. It, well, it's a very interesting concept. It's almost unheard of. This is the first time I ever bumped into it, so kudos to you. It's a very common name, Scott, and you'll distinguish yourself by not having a last name. It's a good idea. Learn from the best. Now, the second thing I wanted to bring up is your material, okay? You are very wife-centric, very wife-centric, and it's not in a positive light. So... How do you really arrive at this from a life frustration? Is she in the room? And how does this play out in your personal life with her? Well, she's not too far. I believe she might be in the shower. So I'm safe for at least a couple minutes. Um, well, you know what? Obviously, everything I say is not 100% true. But she definitely gives me this the, the springboard to... Uh, make those jokes and continuously i might add day to day <laughs> always so, new material uh, always giving me new material <laughs> for sure tell me more though does she is she aware of this is it on her radar how does she feel about it has she seen you do wife jokes yes and she um she came actually the one time i actually took the uh comedy class at uh, scotty's and um she did come to the graduation and that was about the last time. Um, she, she doesn't particularly care for me doing wife jokes, and I explained to her that it's not 100% about her. And when I do tell her jokes, she goes, that's not how it happened. I said, exactly. I said, because <laughs> I, I take the story, and then I switch it around a little bit. Right. Um, but still, not really happy because she's like, well, people don't know what the real story is. And I said, well, most people don't even really know me or you, but that answer is good enough. Well, you know, I had the same thing with my wife. Now, I'm not like you in terms of it being like a uh, part of your persona, practically, you know, but I do have many wife jokes and they're not favorable. So I made up a fake name. Her name is Cynthia when I'm on stage. So it's a fake name. Have you thought of something like that? Namer? Gladys? I did. No, but you know what? Here's the truth of the matter. I would really like to get away from wife jokes. It just it just seems so easy because it's so there. But I do feel uh -huh. this, especially for like starting comedians. When you have something that's so easy, because comedy is all about timing and being able to get up there and speak comfortably. And that is like the easiest thing for me to do. So maybe mm -hmm. in time, I will move away, which I am actually trying to do as we speak so but okay they just keep popping into my head as <laughs> the days go on so we'll see what happens well you got to write from what you know and you're certainly doing that that is for sure now exactly. let you you are a very fresh comedian new comedian i mean you're taking the class maybe we're talking about two years here something like that what do you i, I took long the class and it was it was two years three months uh, three years three months it was october when i first started then i took a Complete year off uh, during a pandemic. Wasn't allowed out of the house, more or less. Gotcha. But, um, yes. So, um, so, so we'll say a little bit over two years with a long you know, break. Very different than other comedians, and this is one thing that distinguishes you. You have a catchphrase already after such a short time. Get the fuck out yes. of here. Now, this is very Italian, but I don't think you're Italian. I'm not. Um, 
I grew up in Bayonne, and I went to college in Staten Island. I was say Staten, Italy. So very Italian, four years there. So um, you just so you know it up. I, I, exactly. So I always had, and people always thought I was Italian. So and Italian people were cool, you know. So you know, there's not many cool <laughs> Jewish people walking around. So um, <laughs> so uh, you know, and, and it wasn't even to try to be Italian. It was just, it was just. I started doing stuff, and like I said, things just come into my head, um, mm-hmm. and like I'll, I'll take, I'll go from one bit to the next because something will pop into my head, and it kind of just things just fall into my lap, actually. So that kind of, you know, fell into my lap. Yeah, yeah. And then how people liked it every... and started saying it, so it kind of worked. Yeah, that's how you end every set. It's exactly. time for me to. Let me hear you right. say it. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> No, what happened was actually I didn't even try to do it like people because I would say it in my bits and then people started saying get the fuck out of and then when they started saying that that's when I was like you know what I'll end it in my bit yeah that's perfect very good very crafty okay now Scott everyone at home is poised to watch this movie with us so everyone at home has got to press play at the exact same time that we do here in the studio that's what you're here for scott so why don't you go ahead scott and give us that celebrity comedian countdown three two one go thank you celebrity comedian countdown i appreciate that i haven't listened to it but carl you do all the hard heavy lifting here yeah, Speaking of heavy I'm lifting. sure it's very good. I just haven't recorded it yet. <laughs> now, in truth, I found a, there's a character in here named Connie, and there's a woman on Facebook it, it, with the, the actress's name. So I reached out to her to see if she would do the countdown. We'll see. Oh, that's exciting. So maybe we just heard that interview. Yes, I know, right? Right. We don't know. Only the audience knows. They know better than us. Ah, Marcel. Marcel okay. Schmitz, and she's going to play a woman named Connie in this film, and it's a pretty important role. And so I reached out to her, and I was like, Hi, my name's Carolyn, do podcast. I have a podcast that's like a radio <laughs> It's like a radio station, but you bypass all the professionalism. We went long if you would do a thing. I don't know. It looks like she's doing well. She's very much into horses. She's clearly there still are, in Marcel Australia. Schmitz. A lot of politics. Sounds good. Now, not a was, lot, not a lot. You know, when I was in high school, I had a part-time job collecting skulls in the Outback. Right, yeah. yeah. It's not Out, Outback restaurant, money. not Australia. When you live at home with your parents, it's okay that it's not good money, and you do get good tips, you know. And so the neighborhood appreciates, because otherwise the skulls just pile up. <laughs> I, I used to bury them in our backyard, but the dog kept doing skullduggery. And he would oh, find skullduggery, the worst kind of skullduggery. <laughs> he would find him, digging him up. Okay, as you can guess, we're in the Australian outback. And as you look at the locations in this film, it's Australia, Australia, Australia. And then they film this one scene in Australia. So Broken Hill is what we're looking at, I believe. New South Wales, Australia. They're going to be in a studio in Melbourne. Um, there's a town called Silverton, that was apparently in Mad Max 2. They'll be oh. there. Mad now look, Max coming, two. Mike. Look, from the sky, something's coming. Is it a like, diner? No, it's I... low-budget effects. Yes, it is a diner, Mike. You know this? Well, 
just from the movie poster. This movie just cries. Here's a movie poster. Now we got to run and get the premise ready, right? Because now, look, it's, some, something's going to fling off the ship. See this important? Yes. Yeah, this is the thing that like powers the ship. It's going to fling off. Is he? He's not going to go and touch it and then goo gets on him, is he? He can't go. No, no, no. That's not going to happen. Oh, look at that. Boom! Look at these bad effects. It's a fireworks. It's fireworks. Another spirit Halloween store opened up. (laughs) They got those spotlights out. Yeah. Okay, no. More bad effects are coming. More special bad effects. Okay, I'm on there. A diner has landed, and now it just starts randomly blowing up with fireworks. Oh, that's uh, Pucus Arts, I believe, uh, did the uh, special effects. <laughs> yeah, they films. did the Beatles, Rolls Royce, and they did, they were a collective, and they did this crap. Oh, man. So I always think of uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre every time I see teens in a van. doesn't matter what country. You know, I never saw that. Of course, I saw Egghead. What was it called? Egghead? Oh, Egg Cells, Toby Hooper's previous film. Yeah, that was really fun. We did that on this show. You know, there's just a bunch of teens in a van, and they see some guy, and they condescend to him, and, oh, they pick up a hitchhiker. That's the classic horror. Yeah, that's right. They pick up a hitchhiker. Now, these are three teens in a van, or maybe 20s, I don't know, but they're Australian. That's the difference. Right. And Mike, Mike is sitting there in the driver's seat, and he has brought him all this way to go to the Inland Sea. And that's a funny Australian joke because it's a dried up seabed that used to be in the center of, you know, so it's the Inland Sea. So as soon as Grouchy finds out, see, this is Grouchy in the front seat. And that's right. Cheryl. Cheryl is a hippie and she's having past life experiences. And uh, Grouchy's just grouchy. So he's like, if there's no such thing as the endless sea, fuck this thing. And she kicks Mike out. Now, so this is the movie poster that I saw. Mike is a surfer with a surfboard. And mm-hmm. the movie poster I saw is the Outback. And there's a surfer with a surfboard, which is crazy. crazy. The Outback. And talking about crazy, there was a 1940s diner on the poster. That's all I know about that. That is movie. crazy. So this is pretty crazy, Carl. Walking around with your surfboard in the outback? Yeah, speaking of the surfboard, here it comes. Now, in truth, we will only see about two seconds of surfing in this film. Does he put it down or something? Like he goes in a diner and puts down a surfboard? The surfboard is not really going to play into this movie the way the poster implies. I think they were just trying to show you a joke. Right. That you can't in the desert. Yeah. Okay, so Mike, you see, Mike is on his way there because he got a note. He got a note like 20 years ago that said, meet uh, Joe Bogart at this address, at this location, you know, in 20 years. It's this crazy thing. So he's got his note and he's doing what he was, you know, he's going to go meet this stranger. Okay, so uh, that's cool that you pointed that out because I just thought that ladies just kicked him out of the van and he's astray, but he's actually going to a location. Right. He needed a ride there, so he tricked Grouchy uh, into going Cheryl. to the Inland Sea. Well, Cheryl is in the back seat, and Cheryl's uh, the hippie chick. Okay, if you don't want me to call her Grouchy, her name is... You can call her Grouchy. She was, you know... 
Uh, her name in the film is Marjorie, and she's an actress named Christine Coeg. She's really Irish, and she's only got three credits. Her 1994 was her last credit. But throughout this movie, she just is grouchy, I'm telling you. Now, isn't it ironic that you're sunbathing in the outback <laughs> with your San Francisco but hat? When the that. car comes, right, when the car comes, turn up the sound. His okay. hat says San Francisco? Yeah, that's uh, the Niners, right? Or, oh, okay. okay. I get the teams mixed up. Not the Giants. Yeah, SF. Yeah, 49ers, right. look at that. Why didn't I notice that? This is the fourth time I'm looking at this thing. So technically, this is a San Francisco movie. I suppose. <laughs> All right, I got a full volume here in the studio. No, but it's really when... Is something something... Okay, you? I'm behind you. This sucks. The joke is, he pulls up and he's like, have you seen such and such? And the guy goes, no. And then he starts driving away, but he's right, still so stranded in the desert. What's your time I'm stamp? 7.57. Okay. I'm, I'm not using my Facebook PlayStation 4 today. Yeah. What's your time stamp now? 8.12. Thank you. I'm with you. Okay. Man. All right. So they're in the van. Right. Look at that Niners hat. Gold. Look at that gold rim in the back. That's so cool. <laughs> I've never seen a hat like that. And I, trust me, you know, in San Francisco, everyone wears their sports colors. Everyone. Everyone wears yeah. their sports teams. Yeah. Stuff. Not everyone here, but we got a lot of that too. Teams are a big, big deal. A big deal. How much do you think that sets you back, like, to, to be a faithful fan? Well, um, I guess. It. Around two hundred fifty dollars, let's say. Like you have the yeah. jacket, you have the hat, you've got a pin, a pin, a pennant, you know, blah blah blah. Okay, so look, yeah, he picks up this guy, sort of saves him, picks him up. His name is Ryder. Turns out he's a cop, and unbeknownst to Mike, he's about to be in the middle of a shootout. What the fuck? Oh wait, he brought him a ride, ride along. It's yeah, ironic because his name is Ryder, but he he actually is the driver. <laughs> I guess so. Tag along. What was it? Ride along. Ride along. Ride along. Ride oh. You remember Ice Cube? Kevin Shea? No. I Kevin Shea. Kevin Shea is a comedian I know. Oh, okay. Kevin Hart. Oh, I what, 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 what? There was a movie called Ride Along where... Oh, yes, I saw Ride Along. Okay. I saw no, Ride what... Along 2. Yeah, right, right. This is Ride Along 3. Rider literally <laughs> Rider. takes him... I'll pick you up from the outback, but let's go. Uh, okay, so the cop gets out of the car and he begins to fire at this crazy oh. militant. This is like Mad no, Maxi. No, he. Uh, well, it's that's just a coincidence. It's really they're not Mad Maxi. There's nothing okay. steampunk about them or whatever. A little steampunky. Well, because they're but but this is steampunk pump. Punk adapted this from. Uh, they just meant it as motorcycle riders. Oh, the goggles. Sometimes yeah. goggles are just goggles. Is just right, right. Aesthetic to it. They weren't going for steampunk. They were. Steampunk. Hey, I like I like your Harley Davidson uh, aesthetic. What are you talking about? I, 
I like your sports team aesthetic. <laughs> he just coincidentally is wearing a. That's like me wearing like an now Australian look, team. It's a clue. It's a clue. Yeah, it's great. It's poison. He's still gonna burn it. He's going to burn this whole place because he's going to destroy the poison. You see, we don't know it yet, but uh, there's like some people who have been killing sheep, and he's a cop and he's investigating. But he's like an outback cop, so he just—that's the crime: poisoning sheep. Yes, it's got to be something like rival farmers or something. You see, you know, I know from watching Mad Max, gasoline—you can't really waste it like that in the outback. <laughs> This was shot in 1987, released, you know. Yeah. Now, it will deal with time travel, but most all of it is in 1987. Oh, to go back to that year, graduate college, high school, I mean. This is like a video store movie then. Well, yeah, this never made it onto DVD. This is a VHS copy we're watching, and later you'll see glitches. You see, they spent almost 700000 dollars on this film and i think that's australian dollars but they only made like 10 grand of australian dollars oh what a bummer yeah this was a um okay here's connie and i'm instant messaged her on facebook we would be delighted if you would we'll see if she bites i hope so okay so Connie knows Ryder, all right? And Connie keeps on referring to Mike as Blondie over here, you know, because he's some hitchhiker. He goes, right. my name's Mike. I, I'm Mike. Mike. No, I'm Mo my name's Mike. Connie Stanton. This is the, Connie's home. That's a cool home. Yeah. Used to be now, Howard Johnson. Now, why is Mike with them? Because Mike has nowhere to go, and they know it. He's Does like, he have his surfboard with him at least? Yeah, yeah, it's in the back of uh, right. Mike's, Mike's little Jeep here. So eventually they're going to go to the diner. Yep, yep, yep. All right, I'm ready. Here, a couple well, beers. Yeah, it's, um, what's the, tr Fosters. Fosters. <laughs> there was an Australian comic at the Cove. I think his name's Eric Leiden, and uh -huh. he was making fun of it. We don't drink your, we, we don't drink Fosters because we think it's shit. He goes, we drank Budweiser. <laughs> what you blokes think is shit. That's really funny. Yeah. So now they're, like, we're finding out, like, Connie and Ryder are great, great friends, and they work together a little bit. And, you know, he's a cop, and Mike is there for, um, you know, he's talking about surfing on the coast, and you know about surfing, and right now he's looking them up. But anyway. He looks like Robert Davi. By the way, he's totally bald, and because he wears the hat the whole time, I missed that the first time around. The second time I saw this film, his hat was off, and I was like, whoa, dude. Claire. <laughs> yeah, get a, get a. Get a hit of toupee or something because, wow, dude. That's so cruel. Do you think the crew is like, hey, can you put your hat on? <laughs> I'm trying to light the scene. You see, this is 1987. If this was shot in 1997, then Ryder could have been bald, just 100% shaven, and he right. would have looked cool like Bruce Maybe, Willis. 
Maybe he'll have a cool Australian goatee with the bald shave, or maybe a neck beard, cool Australian neck yes. beard. Now, one thing I really liked about this film, he's like, Mike just coincidentally happens to know all sorts of stuff about engines, just because any Australian would, you know. Now, uh, Ryder's very suspicious of Mike, but Ryder's going to get his hand stuck in the machine, and Mike is going to save him. And that will be the first time that Ryder's like, maybe this bloke's all right. But on the other hand, maybe he's not. Yeah, the hand that didn't get stuck is still (laughs) suspicious. On one hand, I'm glad uh, Mike's here. On the other hand, who cares? Now, later we'll have a callback to this scene. And when he comes back, he'll say, mind your hand, mate. (laughs) And so he won't get his hand no, I okay. don't have the volume on, and I've never seen this movie, but it looks like Mike did that intentionally. Uh, no. He turned he, it on? At, at the request of Ryder. He's fixing uh, the, fixing his, me truck won't work. That's what Connie was all talking about. DC so he saved him. Yeah. See what you have done. He it took me so long to figure out that song. I thought it was C period, C period Ryder, like some dude. I didn't realize... Uh-huh. Elvis was telling the, the horseback rider. <laughs> <laughs> Elvis. Elvis? I had no idea it was Mrs. Cece. Cece, right. Right, Mrs. Cece. Why would anyone want a po- poison sheep? Now, there's this whole thing about poisoning sheep. There he's bald. You see, how did I miss that the first time I ever watched it? Wow. Right, there he is, bald. On the cell phone game or something? You think you were on your cell phone at the time? I guess maybe because I only ever saw him with the hat. You can see the reflection off the bottles of his head. Now, Connie and Mike clearly are attracted to each other. And Ryder doesn't like it, but not from jealousy. He's not interested in Connie. But he doesn't super not like it. It, like, irks him. And it'll never play out and develop into anything in the plot, although it's totally implied in this scene and a few more coming. Yeah. Like when he was getting out of the car, he said to Mike, you mind yourself around Coney, right? You know. Yeah, look at that eye. So, <laughs> right now, Connie's like, such and such. And he goes, Ryder goes, but you are going to help me tomorrow, Connie. You promised. And he goes, I'm very busy. And he goes, Mike can do it. Now he's paired up with Mike. But Mike did just rescue his hand. So he's like, all right. He trusts them a little bit. It's kind of weird how he's just fallen into their lives. They don't say, what are your plans? Now, he said, I've got this note. Here, turn it up. This okay. is when he's going to talk about it. By the way, are we doing a, a, a not a kill count, but a beer count? How many times they drink beer? Because it's the third time. It's her third beer. I'm doing I a Connie do... beer count. Okay. It's her third beer in this movie. Yes. So you can't really hear, can you? Oh, no, no, because of their accents. I don't understand a word of it. Okay, very funny. Okay, so audience, what happens here is he's really explaining the, the backstory of are we underwater? I'm, I'm playing it. <laughs> you, you think the video is the only thing muddled in this in this copy? <laughs> Okay, so (laughs) 
Ah, fuck it. You know oh, I'm you sorry, know. man. He gets, I'm kind of... he gets it. There's some funny stuff, but that's okay. We'll catch the next thing. What is Either your number count? Australian humor is like so dry to me. Like I could not understand the subtlety of Barry Humphreys. What is what is your time count? Okay. 1856. Okay. He's at a fire and she's like See her uh, foot's in the she's having past life experiences. Is she really? Turn it up, turn it up. Okay. He's Cheryl, Grouchy. Well, the funny stuff is her, like, past life experience stuff. So we'll see it next. Okay, now they're in a the room. The her father passed away, and he was a cricketer, cricketeer, cricketer. This was film... three. What? He was one of three cricketeers. The three cricketeers. Now this film was originally titled "The Cricketeer," cricketeer, because it was about a. Uh, the film started as a story about a mythical cricketeer in outback Australia. The Robert Redford film "The Natural" seems to have been the inspiration. Whoa! So it went from the natural ripoff to a time traveling outback <laughs> adventure. Yeah, and the thing is, the the script was pretty. Uh, the script is pretty tight. I don't know how they switched it up in the middle. They must have had all the time travel stuff. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure that was the the concept of this. So the, now Mike is bumping into a scrapbook in which we're going to learn this backstory that Ryder killed his son by mistake. He was playing a cricket game and he hit the. The cricket ball hit him in his chest, and he killed his own son by mistake. It was it was son slaughter. I can't believe he's reading it out loud. Well, you know, he, we are listening. So, and also, I can't believe Ryder has a scrapbook of the time he killed his baby with a cricket ball. Somehow, Connie is in Ryder's life. I don't get how. Maybe he's an uncle. So it now there's Ryder. He's a tortured soul. He killed his own son. No, he's a rough and tough cop in the outback where nobody, you know, he doesn't know a lot of people, you know. Oh, a diner! Rock and roll. Wait, is this a flashback? No, this is the diner closing for the night. We were hearing a crowd oh. of diner people, a uh, bar people. Do you remember in the movie Easy Money, Joe Pesci and Rodney Dangerfield got so high that they had to eat something but not the wedding cake in the back of their van? They pull up to a diner and it, the lights go out and the diner says open 23 hours. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to see that film again because I remember loving it. Well, they wind up eating the wedding cake, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Dingo. Dingo! That's did where he's Dingo... supposed to meet. Wait, did the Dingo kill his baby? Population 20. No, he killed the baby. Yeah, uh... that's what he's... When he hits the kid with the baseball, and he goes, oh, uh, Dingo kill baby! Dingo! <laughs> it's not a baseball, it's a cricket. Don't you know how the game plays? Cricket ball. You want to play grasshopper? I mean, I mean, cricket. cricket. Hello. 
It's American right. football. Now okay. he's going to go into the store, uh, and we're going to meet a not funny guy who's going to do this up? not funny thing about how much he hates dust. Go ahead if you want. It's not a funny So he thinks that like this dust mite is dust. He's like all wrong, and he's going to get straightened out later when this professor type shows up. He has a picture of a dust mite above his produce. Yes. <laughs> now, that sounds funny on paper, but believe me, this guy does not pull it off. So Ryder has sent him here. You remember that that piece of the poison label that he found? Yeah, that's he right. I remember that. Oh, he's so going he to wants... the local emporium. Right. Trace this. Who bought this? Where was it purchased? You know, from your store or whatever. That's cool. I didn't realize this is a procedural. Now think about how wild west it is. Right? The cop doesn't do it. He sends some kid he just met from right. hitchhiking. It is wild westy. Punk okay, rock. so there's a company called Valhalla Presents, and they had a like a string of cinemas. And they made a bunch of films. Now, the guy who directed this name is Barry Peak, and the guy who produced it, his name is Chris Keeley. Or okay. it's Kylie, but I think it's I Keeley. said Kylie, yeah. So it's K-I-E, just like in your name, Spiegelman. It's E sound, Keeley. If this is German-derived, I don't know. So anyway, they made a film, Future Schlock. They made huh. a film called Channel Chaos that they hated, so they didn't release it. They made The Big Hurt, and they made this as time goes by, and this was the final film. Wow. So I they had the a big easy. run of making some money, but this yeah. film didn't work. Funny they had a disowned film. The Big Hurt. I, I prefer The Big Easy, Carl. Uh-huh. That's right. It was easier. Yeah. Didn't hurt as much. It was more of an escapist film than The Big Hurt. <laughs> <laughs> I got dust. They go blah 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 blah. Oh wait. Oh yeah. There's the dust. Fucking ouch. Dust times hundred thousand magnification. You think he was like a good television actor who just got himself a role? Uh, well. No. Theater. Okay. His Don't name is Don Bridges, and um, he was a the dust obsessed Outback storekeeper. Born in 1950 in Melbourne. Uh, he's known for three. But look, look how current this is. Troll Bridge, 2019. I mean, he's still wow. out there doing it. Judy and Punch, 2019. Oh, Button, I know that movie. 2021. You do? Judy and Punch, yeah. Yeah. I, I got to put. I gotta remember to watch that movie. I wanted to see it. Instead of Punch and Judy, it's Judy and Punch. Very funny. Let me try to look that up, too. Judy and Punch, 2019. We're, we're, I'm getting it off a title. Okay, so now he shouldn't walk in there. Well, he's a cop. Who's, oh. I know, I know, but he's got his balls about him. So he oh, goes. So in... should we say privates? <laughs> now what's that, Mike? That's the poison. It is. Now here comes a guy in spurs. Right, Wild this West. L. J. Weston, and he'll play heavily into our film. L.J. Weston. Look, he tracks weather. So it is a Western. It's a Western. Yeah. Weston, Weston. 
L.J. Weston. This, the actor's name is Ray Barrett, and he had a little bit of fame, but as you might imagine, we wouldn't relate to any of it because it's all in Australia, and he was in the Troubleshooters in England from 65 to 71. Oh, man. He was, you know... Oh, he was the first actor put under contract for Australian Broadcasting Corporation drama selection. What? What? I'll tell you how I found this film. I found it purely through YouTube. I was looking uh-huh. for films, and this popped up, and I looked up it up on IMDb, and I saw the poster as well, and I said, oh, this sounds cool. Let's do it. Yeah. You are also hitting me up. I had to get, I had to get a something in but this one looks, well I've this never... is a good film uh in the end um oh. it's done well and it's a good choice it doesn't fit with your theme of um i don't have a theme of bad movies of, yes you do you <laughs> read about them when they were, you were young and you couldn't see them and you always remember yeah. them. but now thanks to youtube <laughs> well to be honest this, this movie came out during our youth in 88 and uh it was definitely like be accessible in the United States, this definitely had to been a video cassette. Right. This was never released theatrically in the U.S. And the video release, I think I have it here. Oh, yeah, only on VHS. But what year was it? 1989. This right. was out on VHS. But I don't think it was bought in the American market. The film was never distributed there. Crazy. I guess I don't know about the VHS. Maybe it was. I I had mentioned uh, there's a documentary on the Australian exploitation film industry called uh, "Not Not from Hollywood," uh-huh. where where they discuss how like Barry's Humphreys and Mad Max generated this this maverick industry. industry. Yeah, and they would make these crazy exploitation films. We actually this was right before you joined the show, Carl, but. We watched an early one, which is no longer on YouTube, called uh-huh. Turkey Shoot, which okay. was kind of like a battle royale, and it included a werewolf eat, who eats toes. And in the documentary, they're like, yeah, that was a low point. But, you know, they were just, anything goes in these films. They would Should shoot I see Turkey Shoot? Yeah. Maybe we'll, I... see, well, let's see if Turkey Shoot's on. At the end of the show, I'll see if Turkey Shoot's on, and then we'll do it as a future episode. Okay. We already have a movie pick for next week. If the okay. audience would like to know, you have to watch, listen to our show, and then we'll mention it at the end. Yeah, for the big reveal. Everyone's on the edge of our seat. I'm, they're writing about us on the Huffington Post. Oh, on the HuffPo? So is this Thelma Louise? You, uh, Aussie no. Rude? No. no. Grouchy, no this and... Is grouchy and past life experiences, lady. Oh, their van broke down. Is what is this? Yeah, they're uh, then broke down, and they're not going to be able to get out of there for a while. And that's how they're going to fit into our plot. Now, this guy is crazy scientist guy. Somehow, he found out that there's aliens here. This is Weston. No, no. This is a guy named James McCauley, which is a boring name for a film. And... Um, He's like an alien-obsessed mad professor type. He has some awful job at a tracking station, and this is his way to get famous, is to find an alien. So he'll be set up as our bad guy. Gotcha. Uh... Now, this is the guy we saw in the beginning of the film who saw the spaceship crash. He's finally approaching it? Yes. 
he's going to go up to it. He's going to hear the sounds of a crowd inside, and then he's going to run away, scared. He's seeing it for the first time. Oh, I would definitely pull from my bottle on that one. As a squeak, professional squeak, 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 doctor. As a professional doctor. Nobody will get that but you and me. It looks close. Budweiser. Oh, exotic beer. You love you. We don't drink Folsters, mate, because we think it's shit. We drink Budweiser. Which you think is shite. Right. Shite. Oh my god, this background sound effect noise is playing. Oh, well. So this isn't skull drinkery. I'm not having a drink. You're right. I'm here to do some skull duggery. Okay, now, for the first time. We see his shirt off. Right. Now, even though his shirt off is off like that and he looks like that, she's still interested. You know, there wasn't a lot of people to pick from. Uh, all right, Carl. Yeah, I guess you're picky, right? What, he has, he has pointy elbows, huh? <laughs> Yeah, like there's no definition. Like there's no fat, but at the same time, I don't see abs. This is a guy who hasn't done a crunch in his life. Yeah, right, yeah, throw away. Those off the bottom of his ribs, gross. I can think about what a skeleton looks like. You're killing me. (laughs) I wish I looked as good. Connie's going to kiss him right now. Okay, come on, come right, on. Get Do ready, it. come on. Kiss already. All right, the flies are down your face. Now, kiss. in Australia, this guy was very famous, okay? This guy, his name is, uh, his name is Nick Needles, and it's N-I-Q-U-E. So it's like Nicky Needles or something. Ooh. He was in The Boy Who Had Everything, Kimono, Shout, The Story of Johnny O'Keefe. We wouldn't know this stuff. But she would... So she was kissing a famous person. If she will do the interview with me, one of the things I'm going to ask her was, how exciting was it to kiss Nikki Needles? Come on now. Come on. Bear all. Bear all. Oh, look at that. The picture, the ghost in the picture. Yeah. That's why I was saying, like, this is a pretty good film. Like, they really tried hard. And I don't know. It's. It it isn't pretty, but we're watching a VH copy, VHS copy. I'm sure it looks gorgeous this sunset. Probably, and, yeah. And all the outback desert sure. scenes, you know, the blooming onions. <laughs> yeah, that's where the blooming onions are grown. They they aborigines chop them and make machetes and harvest the blooming onions. Look how that, I don't know if that's honest. Look how low that, that moon cannot be that big. No, I'm sure they got the right angle, and I'm sure the original shot had it not cropped either. Now, she is not wearing a top, but we really don't get to see anything. We certainly don't see areola. But I had my fingers crossed, and the thing is, every time I watch this film, I cried really hard. But no, no, she's <laughs> not topless. Whoa! See? Oh, see? Yeah, she, yeah, she threw that in there. Perfect. You tried it, really hard. It's 100% covered, and she did it in a flash. Perfect. So your problem with this guy is that he's too easy on your eyes. He's too easy on your eyes. 
I don't really have. Okay, did you almost see it? Whoa! Her elbow right. caught it, and then the blanket cut it. I really don't have a problem with him. I was just trying to make you laugh. No, now, no, you did. You did. He pulls out the, you know, he's going to say, like, what's this story? <laughs> he killed his son. And she's oh, like, my God. And she's like, killer. don't bring it up to him. You know, he's very sensitive. But the very next scene we see, he's going to bring it up to him. You just had sex. Hey, <laughs> is it true your roommate killed his baby? What a buzzkill. See, he hurt his hand from the accident. Oh, it was recent. Well, he was, you know, he was helping him fix the Yeah, hand. right. Oh, his hand. That's right. The other hand. I liked it. He goes, can you fix the engine? And, he, and Mike was like, sure. Like, he just happens to know how to fix an engine. Everyone, everyone from then would. Yeah, right. He goes, well, I didn't know, know you were a cop. In Road Warrior, they all had to learn how to uh, build engines. Yes, they did. Yeah. Or take prisoner people who did know how. I'm sorry, I meant Mad Max 2. Did I say Road Warrior? I meant to say uh, Mad It's um, Thunderdome. That's Mad Max 3. Oh, oh, oh. You see, in Europe, the Road Warrior was a sequel to a very popular film that wasn't, was a more of a cult film in the United States. Uh-huh. Should I see so, it? It's called The Road Warrior. You, you've already seen it. Oh, okay, okay, okay. They I've seen the all the Mad Max films, so I guess I did. You saw the last one, right? From with Formosa. I don't know. It had a uh, blood bags. Oh, yeah, with um. Sh he, uh, yeah, her. Charlize Theron. Uh -huh. Yeah, it was terrible. Terrible. Awful. You don't think it was the best movie of 2010s? I don't know. I don't All think right. it was a good movie. Interesting. And I don't believe her as that tough character and 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 uh, is okay, it a diner here's our professor and he's gonna lie that he's looking for meteorites okay oh, no. why don't you listen this time their interaction's a little funny especially when he shows him not a that's not dust There's no incidents here. Okay. Yeah. This this is okay, funny. It reminds me of uh, that Mick Jagger movie we watched, where he goes into the Brazilian store to tell I'm him Mick that Jagger. Yeah. And he's right. like, "Oh, Julio Iglesias." He's like, "No, Mick Jagger." Oh, Julio Iglesias. Turn it up. Turn it up. It's a louse? So he's like finds out that he's got the story wrong about dust. But he made posters and all that shit. Yeah, and he you know, he thought dust was the louses. And he finds out like dust is particulate matter, pet dander, human flakes of skin. It is microscopic, but it's not Oh no, alas poor skull uh, Oric. Oh, he's up. Alas, poor Oric. Oric. Yurik. Yurik. I knew him. I, uh, clearly, I knew I him. Horatio. 
I knew him. How can you tell it's Horatio? From his skull tattoo, it's still on there. His head tattoo. Face so tattoo. he mentioned Joe Bogart, the the drifter guy, you know, the skull collector guy. It was like, oh, they came down. And then Joe Bogart. And so Mike, that's who gave him the letter. Joe Bogart goes, what did you say, Joe? I can't believe we're a half hour into this film and you haven't done a Bogart joke. Okay, this Joe Bogart character doesn't really speak. He uses, like, old movie phrases. Really? I think we can turn the sound up for this entire scene. Okay. Now, I told you this film was good, and this is one of the reasons. This is one of the scenes. Speaks in movie phrases. Well, you see how he's connected to the ship. Yeah. Nice sound effect to it. Now keep this sound up because you didn't hear it before because you wandered off. He's going to speak in movie phrases. It really is extremely popular in, in uh, Australia. I don't like it. I don't like my manners, and I don't like myself. I think he's proud to a Marx right now. So can I tell you how 80s this movie is with the sense of irony about the previous generation and, yes. you know, it's pop culture influence, and then he regurgitates it, and that's ironic? Yeah. And we're, it's, it's always like 20 years prior or 30 years prior. And you've yeah, made previ- that note before. But it's also like at the eighties, people were looking at a lot of stuff from the fifties and you know the movies from the forties yes, and stuff, yes. and putting it in a new context. Oh, Carl, oh, I should plug well, something from the, the yeah. story about how the power capsule fell off, and he wants Mike to go get it essentially. Jesus, does, can Mike just surf? Must he fix everybody's shit? Well, he's got a letter that was 20, 25 years ago telling him to come here today. Now, to help out. We're, yeah, we're going to learn now about time travel. And I want you to not turn the sound off when we... Okay. Leave it, leave it. Leave it now? I got it. And then I can take a pee break, right? No, Mike. Okay, now. Now he says he's from a constellation. Okay, look at the time. Okay. Crash. He's killing himself. This is crazy. 
Now it gets even worse. Check this out. Now look, you've got a little time thing, which is a shaker for a bar. Uh-huh. And he turns it back a minute. We'll still have pies. Everything is fine. It's a minute earlier. 10.25. A minute before everything went bad. My favorite jug back in Long Beach. Your hands. Curiously on off. Curious. This is pretty cool. Okay, so, now he's going to tell him what he wants him to do. Now, does that make sense? This is in the future. I'm trying to process it. Oh, okay. You can turn the sound off now. So... Now, he, he's going to get his first lead on this meteorite, which is really an alien ship. That guy over there goes, it fell from the sky. This is a little funny because he's insulting them right to their face for being like hay seeds and primitive. You know, he's from the coast. He's flying like right. Sydney or Melbourne. Now, the woman sitting there is going to get mad at him and punch him in the face. This happens, so it's like a New Jersey bar. I guess, yes. So they're going like, you like science? You should see J.L. Weston. He tracks the weather, he does. Now, there he hears, it fell from the sky. Oh, perfect. What a now coincidence. Out cold. Out cold. You drinking a beer now? Yeah, Budweiser. Okay, so Mike's on four drinks. Oh, okay, okay. You're doing the beer count. So, okay, Connie's not the one to count. Mike is would be okay. There's less beer than you think, but maybe I'm. I didn't pay attention. Well, I mean, they had a beer when they got to the house. They had a beer over dinner. Uh, they had another. Beer. Now mm -hmm. he's having a Budweiser here. So that's four. Yeah. So now it's essentially I got to get my ship mobile again, but I can't do it until I get my whammy jammy thing. So I want you to go out there and get my whammy jammy thing. I like this diner. There's like seats for two, and that's it. <laughs> so he says that the last time he was here, he was he helped them in Los Alamos with the atom bomb, the Manhattan Project. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm missing all his uh... banter. And then later, Cheryl will say, I saw him in Los Alamos at Joe Bogart's diner or bar. Maybe it's bar. I guess they're in a bar, not a diner. Uh, yeah, that could be a grill. A bar and grill? Yeah, you never see a grill alone. There's always a bar and a grill. Right. 
I guess a restaurant is a grill. Joe's Grill. Joe's Grill. And bar. Joe would be like, no, it's Joe's Bar and Grill. So now we just gave him a note. It's a little map that it's drawn where the power thing is. But it's in the handwriting, although we don't know it yet, of Ryder. Oh, really? Yeah, and now he's telling him, look out for J.L. Weston. He might try to kill you, kid. Just like he tried to kill Ryder or something like that. But he's warning him against J.L. Weston. He'll try to kill you. This is crazy. Maybe I should listen. I want to be alone. Yeah. He's great walking around that room with the wire attached to him. He can't yeah, at all. His name is Joe Bogart in this film, and in real life, he's Max Gillis. Now, again, he's got he was on all these kind of credits, but we wouldn't appreciate them. Yeah. Blue Healers in 94, Dick Down Under in 75, Stork in 71. He's a founding member of the 1970s experimental theater company, the Australian Performing Group. Now, if you and I grew up in Australia, we'd go, whoa, blimey. Yeah, <laughs> Crikey. I would, yeah, it's I would drop him. my blooming ideas. It's yeah, that guy from the experimental theater. Eyes guided, Joey. Oh, look, there it is. Beard. King of Gears. Yeah, that's King of the beard. power thing. Oh, here comes a nondescript beer truck. Well, this is our scientist guy. He All is right. brought with him a sort of little lab in the back. Now he's like, he knows that there was a meteorite land, or you know, an alien or whatever. So he's talking to himself like, you know, like, screw you, Professor something. I'm not crazy, you know, and talking about his. Um... What do you think about that technique of opening up a package of donuts while driving? <laughs> With one <laughs> hand, or did he use two? I didn't pay attention. He used his teeth to rip the plastic off. And then, he, then he squished the donut out of the hole. So now he confronts J.L. Weston, and it is some pretty funny dialogue. He lets it out by mistake that it's not a meteorite, it's a UFO. And so Weston is like trying to, he's got the same dreams of glory this guy has. He'll get a Nobel Prize if he discovers aliens. I do like the fact that this film is, doesn't really have a central character, that we are kind of switching around. Because usually a film like this would just be a focus on Mike. Yeah. Anything scientific happens around here, I know about it. Best Weston. Wait, his name is J.L. Weston. Are you thinking of the Best Western Hotel? Sure. Great hotel. Best bed bugs in the industry. Now, what he's doing now is he's prattling on about the ozone layer. He's obviously a stupid person who doesn't understand, right? So right. the professor's playing along. He's going, yeah, we could help each other. I, they're clearly attacking the ozone layer. We could, we could stop that together. Now, turn it up because he goes the UF up. It's too late. He got caught. UFOs. 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 Oh, yeah. Something around out there trying to make contact. No, no, no. It is. We need a contact. 
JL Weston is stupid and not stupid at the same time. Carl, his his office is in his barn. Yes. So, this is the first person that he respects, you know. He he knows he's a cop. He's asked him for help to trace a label, etc. Now we're going to find out, essentially, that it was purchased, the poison was purchased by J.L. Weston. <gasps> well, why is Weston poisoning the other farms? I don't know, Mike. I don't know. I never caught it. I saw it three times. You, I never, I don't know. Regarding the lamb poisoning, you would know. So let's go ask you. <laughs> okay, right? listen, you, you, you would know. go ahead. It's a good time because not much is going to happen for, you know, don't be gone forever, but not much is going to happen. I have more respect to the audience than just to get up and pee. <laughs> Thank you, Mike. Thank you. Well, I'll keep talking to you. I don't know. What can I tell you about this film? I, just, I think I covered the filming locations, uh, but I'll just be specific. Broken Hill, New South Wales. Uh, three weeks around Broken Hill they filmed. Uh, in Melbourne, they were at MFP Studios, which was Melbourne Film Studios. It was uh, owned by Valhalla, which makes sense. They're also in Silverton, and I mentioned this small village is featured in Mad Max. Is that interesting? I'm not sure. So now Weston is saying, yeah, I bought that poison, but it was stolen from my uh, barn, and I can take you to the people who stole it. The film was released at the Valhalla in Melbourne and at the Brighton Bay on 9th of September, 1988. It turned up later in Sydney with the season at the Valhalla from December 24th to the 3rd of February, 89, opening the 13th of January at Walker's Cinema in North Sydney. That's it. That was its little tour, okay? And... It went away. They couldn't sell it to the United States. There was some European territories. Let's see. Italy and Germany showed an interest. Sale to the U. Okay, so I'm not sure if it actually played there. They showed an interest. So This was their fourth and final film that they made together as director and producer for Valhalla. It just fell apart. This film sunk them. And it's not clear why. They spent a lot of money on it. Okay, so now Mike is showing up with Ryder's map looking for the Budweiser thing, the power to the ship. But it won't be there. So Mike is now going from Ryder's map to where the power thing is. But King it's not there. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. But for some reason, he puts two and toge two together, and he knows that Cheryl has it. Now, like I said, I saw this third three other times. I I don't know how he knows it, but Cheryl, the past lives woman, has it. Look how pretty. Right. Gorgeous. Picture perfect. I need to put a image over it. I need to write some text over it and send it as an image. Yeah. I right. 
I do is inspirational uh, JPEGs. I take pictures of Australian outback sunsets and then I write a, a, a gaudy quote over it. In gaudy <laughs> fun. Hang Be, in there. Hang in there. It's uh, almost Friday. <laughs> if it doesn't defeat you, it makes you. Teamwork uh, makes the DreamWorks makes the teamwork. No, <laughs> teamwork makes the dream work. <laughs> What's gonna work? Teamwork. <laughs> Carl, there's no work in I. <laughs> yeah, there's no work in I. That's good. All right, so they are uh, just negotiating, even though Cheryl. Good, I'm glad okay. Cheryl's involved. Yeah, but it's unex it's not explained why she is involved. Now, we will see her go get it and find it and take it. But how in the world could Mike have known that? Did we see, did we as the audience see that scene? I don't think we see it yet. We will see it. This is a time travel movie. Gotcha. So yeah. right now, Weston has some sort of lead on the aliens, and he goes, you wait here. And I don't really get it. They're both going after. Carl, I'd like to tell you a time travel Knock, knock, joke, if I may. Okay. Knock, knock. Who's there? Dwayne the bathtub, I'm drowning. Did you say Dwayne who? Dwayne who? Dwayne. Sorry, I went back in time. I screwed up the entire joke. <laughs> I don't get it. Okay, now look, her foot is in the fire. And he's That's like, Cheryl, your, your foot is burning. And she goes, which one? Oh, yeah, he puts on fire. Oh, you have captions? I do have captions. And they're actually being coherent. They're very closed. Closed captions? Okay, now all we're going to see is this, this long segment here, and all we're going to see is that the Budweiser power thing is starting to charge up. And that's in their van? Is that what we're seeing? Yes, it, Cheryl found it. She would wear it around as a hat, or maybe that's to come. It's in the van, that's right. Sure. Now, there are taglines that kind of make don't make sense. <clears throat> one of the taglines is, well, actually, there's only two taglines, and one doesn't make sense. He goes, we're not just talking aliens, we're talking Australians. Okay, that rhymes, Australian alien. Right, but the thing is, only Joe Bogart's an alien. So it doesn't make sense. But as an American who's going to either pick this or, I don't know, cliffhanger. Oh, it's the no, right book for the poster, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then the tagline is, the fundamental things don't necessarily apply. I don't. <laughs> okay, so they're biting as off the song. As time goes by. Yeah. The fundamental things apply. Okay, so they went and titled their film after that famous song. And they found out that, okay, so he's got a lead. He thinks that Mike is an alien or Mike knows about the aliens. So he just bonked Mike over the head and abducted him and put him into. Weston or Raider? Right. Um, right. The science, no, the science, Raider's our friend. The scientist guy named James McCauley. Okay, McCauley, bow tie guy. Okay. Bowtie guy, let's call him that. 
Now, here's J.L. Weston, also after Mike, because he knows he had contact with the aliens, they think. So he's asking Connie, where is he? Tell him to call me. Weston's more direct. He doesn't bonk people on the head. <laughs> That's right. Uh -oh. Now, okay, as time goes by, 1931, Herman Humpfeld's song, made famous after its appearance in Casablanca. Originally quoted at 5,000 for use in Australia, but then it was discovered that for world rights, it would be $100,000. This might explain why they did not distribute this film. That's a really good point. Because we should mention that the As Time Goes By theme has been co-opted by Warner Brothers Communications, Time Warner Discovery. Uh, yeah, the logo. Yeah, for the logo at the beginning of the movies when they show the, the their studio in Burbank or what have you, and then they yeah. have uh, like every TV show that's produced by Warner Brothers uses that at the end. So if you're watching a show, right, doesn't it like the credits roll and they go blah, 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 at the blah. beginning? At yeah, the at the beginning. beginning. Yeah. So yeah, it's a definitely it's like saying uh, <clears throat> Windows startup music, the movie. You know, like everyone knows yeah. it. Yeah. Now we will hear it at the end of this film. Uh, we know that we're watching the Australian version of the film. The song is heard in the Australian version of the film, but even then, only for one verse, as it quickly gives way to music by the other composers, because the rights were priced on the basis of each 30 seconds minutes of usage. That's crazy. And then the mu music disappeared in the overseas prints, which was Italy and Germany. So that means that they didn't have the rights to do it, so they did it for 30 Less than it's, it, you'll hear it at the end. Okay, we're not playing it. I can't afford that money. Understood. Five thousand dollars for thirty seconds. Fuck that. Australian dollars? The hell from nineteen eighty-eight? The hell of that. <laughs> so he's got Mike prisoner now, and okay, these two are like J.L. Weston's thugs. And we saw them at the beginning when Ryder was shooting at them. Not shooting at them. He was only shooting at the poison. Um, so now they're excited about the ozone layer, and they want the presentation, even though they've seen it 15 times. So let's turn up the sound. Sure. And let's give a good lesson. Listen to the lesson. Right. Uh, um, Twins arms off well and Yes. He's like, can we see the presentation? This is how you know Weston is dummy and not a dummy. We look at the sheep, it's part of the presentation. You flick the sheet. 
because he hates you. They're not natural animals. Cows will come. He doesn't love him, but you loves him. Yeah, I get it. Now look, he's gonna swipe a cow. Sold. Okay. So now, pitch. Mike has gotten some sort of truth serum bullshit, and uh, he's gonna find out that Cheryl's got the power supply to the spaceship. So our, you know, bow tie guy is getting close. Look at his bald spot, man. Yeah, not so bad. I don't know why he tied Mike has to keep tying Mike up. Who are you working for? He goes, I'm on the dole. Yeah, right. I came to find me father. So he's frustrated, but eventually he is going to learn. Is it? Oh, so Mike's got the letter and he's going on walkabout because he wants to find his father? Right. He got a letter from Joe Bogart, said like something like, if you want to meet your dad, meet me at this bar in, you know, this in the city of Dingo, whatever it was. So that's what brought him here. Gotcha. Now, he says he's from the Sirius constellation, and that upsets me because a constellation is a group of stars. It doesn't make sense. Nobody's from a constellation. When you look at a constellation in the sky, right. it appears two-dimensional, but that's just your perception. The truth is one is 25 million light years further away, and another is 8 million light years closer. You know, there's no such – you can't live in a constellation. It, Right, so you can't, it's not like there's much serious you live in there. I mean, why so serious? Right, why so, I mean, it's Australian, so it might have been Yahoo, <laughs> but why so serious? Oh, yeah, big shout out to Yahoo Serious. Now, look, Cheryl's wearing it. Now, the Yahoo Serious movies were good, right? Yeah, I'm not saying right. this is bad. Actually, yeah, let me take that back. This film's okay. It's not high budget, but. It's it shot in good. 16 millimeter, and they blew it up to 35. That's why it looks a little. That's pretty cool. That explains mm -hmm. why there's somebody sitting in the van right now shooting the movie. <laughs> 16 millimeter camera. I'm in the passenger seat. Let's go. So they sent. He sent his thugs off to find where a uh, bow tie guy is because he knew as he ran off and captured an alien just knows it you know and so, they figured you know, out the only thing that drove by is must be him right now you see how the horse has his head in there because he was embarrassed he didn't he had a speaking role he had a speaking role yeah but he couldn't do it the day they actually shot why not he was horse that day so there's Ryder. he notices the girls coming but he doesn't know they're the ones that dump Mike off. That's right. He doesn't know. But he takes note of it. Look, she wears the hat, like a hat. And she's tank. being all hippy-dippy right now. So Tank Girl. Do you, you ever see the movie Tank Girl? Or read the comic strip uh, Tank Girl? No, I know exactly what you're talking about. No, I never did. Either the movie's not as good. The, the comic strip's a trip. 
there was it was started in the nineties and it's basically the guy who did Gorillas, the the pops the pop band. Okay. I don't know but, that either. Okay. I'm old. Yeah. Well it's nineties. Young and hip. Yeah, okay, it's in the nineties, okay. Yeah. I missed it. The future is going strong. Hey lady Clint Eastwood. <laughs> I got a thing. That's though I know that song, Clint yeah. That it was a cartoon video in there. Oh, I never saw the video. I just heard it on Pandora. Ah. Uh. Okay, now we're about to discover that hey, Mike is missing. Here's the convi convi, whatever they call it, that he was driving around. The key is still in it. And then Ryder's gonna find a note. And it's clearly, it's a map in his own handwriting, and it's not going to make sense. The writer got a Hummer that was off the side of the road. It's not a Hummer. <laughs> he now pulled look. over and got a Hummer. I got you. <laughs> uh, Cheryl was in, uh, her name's Deborah Force, and she was in this film. She was in Future Schlock, which was also done by these guys. And she was in Salt, Saliva, Sperm, and Sweat in 1988. So I immediately looked that up. Uh -huh. And it's like some short film. It's an experimental film. It doesn't really well, count. Future Shock was this pop culture book about, like, I don't know, the future and the shock. And it, it, it became like a little cultural phenomenon. So that I actually looked up Future Schlock because uh -huh. I, I love the, the, the pun. I've seen it for years. And I said, oh, there's a movie called Future Slock. But I don't know why I passed on it. I thought this looked more interesting. Well, yeah, these guys did that film. And also, <laughs> uh, Deborah, you know, Cheryl was in it. And it's not in front of me right now, but there was another one of these actors who was in it. So they were all clicky. Clicky together. Okay, so now... J.L. Weston is like, hey, fuck you, man. I know you got some alien. You, you look, you know, we have a contract, okay? You and me are partners here. It's going to be our Nobel Prize. Poor Mike. Oh. He, got, he had to fall over. Yeah, I hate that. Like when you're in an ambulance and they stop short. I do. Yeah, right. It happens to me all the time <laughs> in the ambulance. Um, the, the, you ever have a dream and you're falling and that makes you wake up? Mike just did. <laughs> It's just about the kisser, too, in his dream. So we know he's going to open up the door and find Mike. But guess what? He doesn't. Mike has escaped. How did he escape? Well, when he fell over, he kind of got knocked over. Right, and, but did we and, didn't see him uh, open up. When he fell over, it I don't know, it jostled his straps. He was able to... Now, remember the – he doesn't know J.L. Weston's name. He's not here from here, right? right? But he sort of knows the name of the brothers or whatever. So when he got that caution from Joe Bogart, like he's going to be watching later – later he'll put two and two together. You see, he really snuck out of the van, and he's hiding in the brush. He goes, this bloke's found something. He knows about the aliens. You follow him back to town. Oh, cool. I never realized you could get, like, a motorcycle and then, like, the, the sidecar, and then the guy uh -huh. in the sidecar could have a rifle. 
Yeah, that's riding shotgun. Which is actually from a stagecoach, right? It's not from a... Yeah, no, it's not from those little motorcycle things. I thought it would be better to say, like, catching fly spot. And they're like, no, you're holding the shotgun. I know there's flies that hit you from the carriage ride, but, you know, that's a given. (laughs) The only phone, right, in the Outback. Oh, no, no, there are no more. No, you're probably right. It's probably, maybe it's not the only phone, but if you want a public phone, that's where yeah. you're going. Okay, so because of Mike, he knows about the power source from the ship, and he knows that Cheryl has it. And there they are. Well, this is that lady in the bar who punched. Oh, uh, wow. She's trying to help them fix their car or something. But science guy is picking up all sorts of radioactivity. He's looking for the power supply. Boo! Now, this is a woman who punched him. Right. But he doesn't seem to mind. He doesn't act like she's going to do it again. Where are the ladies who own this van? Well, the past life, uh, she was in the queen of the nile right you're right about that she's saying stuff like that yeah take that moneymaker well mike was abducted and now he gets away now he's going on a runabout he's on a not a walkabout he's on a runabout a jogabout. Nice, mike. he's heading towards the ladies the ladies no, he's not. They're they're in the town, far away. Um, she's picking up the com V, right? Whatever. She's playing through, playing through. <laughs> the cricketia. Okay, there's our glitches from the video. Did you cool. see it? Yeah. yeah. She's really concerned that Mike is missing. Now, you're right. It's science guy. He knows that the uh, um, crown is nearby, the power supply. He starts to drive, and then he catches the girls, and he goes, whoa, and turns around. (laughs) It's only like seven people in this area. Yeah, it's real Wild West in a way without the killing. Right. Yeah, there hasn't been much killing in this movie other than the knife play. Yeah, and he didn't die. No. Crack a crack a crack a crack a that that's it the helmet. Crack ding, crack ding, crack ding. So they found him, and now it's trying to, uh, you know, like he found the blokes who are poisoning the sheep, and the guy was wearing spurs, and uh, I gotta find Cheryl before the bow tie guy does. She's like he's like pouring out the plot. You know, the next steps for Act 3 uh, to those two. Now watch. He finds the crown and bonk! The he hits her with what? The, the Richter beeper? Oh, wow, he really knocked yeah, it. I just always thought of it as some blunt object. Yeah, oh, like his spare billy club? Like you yeah, have your, right, your, right, your right. blackjack? <laughs> yeah, your blackjack. Right, exactly. Yeah. good for bonking guys on the head okay so 
this thing is in his place, so the machines are freaking out because it has whammy jammy. radioactive. Yeah, whammy jammy detecting high levels of whammy jammy. <laughs> exactly. Because, like, radiation, if that's what they're saying. Okay, so look, claymation, wow. stop motion. Yeah. This is where their budget went. They yeah. went to they went to Pukasar, uh Yeah, the guys who did this um guides are wagging. special effects. It's Peter Stubbs and Peter Armstrong, two Peters. And also a guy named Jeff Little and Brian Pierce. They're credited with the space special effects. Time travel zaps, the crash landing of the alien bar. It was Pukas Pukas Arts and Magic did all the special effects. He goes, that's J.L. Weston. Nobody pushes J.L. Weston around. But our bow tie guy did because he now has the Everything. Yep. And he's now giving his, like, Nobel Prize thank you speech. And he goes, I want to thank my mother. He goes, no, I don't. No, I don't. No, I don't. No, yeah. Oh, he's funny. He's much better than Morbius, because Morbius declined his Nobel Peace Prize. Is Morbius from the Marvel thing? Yeah. It's yeah, the worst okay. movie of last year, Carl. Did he decline it? Okay, now, <laughs> they are going to stop. we got to do our Razzies episode. They're yep. going to stop him. But, whoa, but Bowtie Guy's not going to be stopped. This is crazy. They're driving wildly in the Australian outback, and they're making a movie out of it. I never who but knew. That was pretty badass. He went over a trench. He did. Well, you know the the roads here have trenches so that the rain, you know, doesn't stay on the road. But the thing is, what rain? What rain? That's what oh, kills dude. me. Yeah, but once the rain hits, you'll be lucky, happy they were there. The rain will last a half day. Bang, pow, pull over, bloke. Pull over, mate. <laughs> Dude, this should be in the, the movie poster. Now, this is the second time someone easily stopped him by just getting in front of him. Where's he going? Getting his Thor hat? Was this is the plot of Thor, right? What they they find the hammer. Is... What, the plot of... Wasn't the original Marvel comic like a guy found Thor's hammer and he turns into Thor? He wasn't from Odin and all that stuff. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. He was like pipe-smoking, hat-wearing, fedora-wearing. Right. Yeah. He was Walt something. I, th they, I think they, they figured out a way to kind of... Get rid of him. The, get rid of him, yeah. That, that origin story. That character existed, but they, they pushed him off. Yeah, no. They... It wasn't called Odin, right? What's it called? Thor. No, the uh, city the... he's from. Odin Spear. Asgard. Uh, Asgard. Okay, so now they've got his crown, and he's fucking humiliated. No look. look. He starts driving. He goes, drive the other car. Look how he started driving before Mike got out of the... Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Weird. So now he's taking this to Joe Bogart, and he's going to make things right. Cool. So nothing it's really just happens. That simple, right? It's just yeah. that simple. Now Weston's going to come and stop him, right? Weston is absolutely going to get in the middle of this. He, I don't think he's going to stop him, uh, but 
should I ruin it for you? No, no, we we barely okay. we're at the third act, right? Rustin is absolutely going to be a cog in the machine. Gotcha. I did. What's a capsule? You could spoil that because there's capsule. For... I don't know. What's that? Cigarette, right? I don't know. That is that a sign on the? Yeah, I can't ruin it. I wish I could ruin that for you. I can't. In at the end of Titanic, the ship sinks. Okay, ha! I ruined a film. I no, it's the middle, right? No, she's saying someone hits me in the back of the head with the fish, and everyone in the whole igloo just sits there. She goes, it was like I was not there, like an alien from another planet. But Weston will open the door just in time to hear her say that. So he'll close the door thinking, oh, she admitted it. She's an alien. Got her. Got her. A Jack Tripper in Three's Company. Capstan is a British brand of unfiltered cigarettes currently owned and manufactured by Imperial Brands. The brand dwindled in popularity when the health effects of tobacco became more widely known. shops. Okay. They're British cigarettes. With no filter. <laughs> That's like my comedy. Unfiltered. Now look, they're going into a bar, right? They're going into a bar. Now, Weston sees them go into the bar. So there's going to be a in-the-bar incident. Now, he thinks that aliens are in the bar with Ryder. So he's going to go get his two thugs, and they're going to kind of have a shoot them out thing. Wow. In this there? Now, let's listen. Let's listen. Okay. I actually have to close the studio door and open. Okay. Because it's great. You brought it back. You... You get why that's ironic, because she's the strange one. Okay, so Joe Bogart now has the crown, okay? And okay. Leo Weston thinks he's got a finger on the alien. You want to start back on? Yeah, when it's Joe, oh, when it's Joe yeah. Bogart. Look, he's giving him songs from the future. From 1990? That's yeah. a year from now. Songs from the future. So you can turn the sound off, but when Joe Bogart comes on, turn it on because it's okay. a pop point. Meanwhile, I want to play some songs from the future from 1990. People are still having sex. I'm too sexy for this oh, shirt. Too sexy for my... <laughs> it wow. Hurts. Music for the future is so crazy. Ryder. He said the notes on the map look like his handwriting. <laughs> yeah, J.L. Weston killed Ryder last time. Oh. There comes the aliens. They don't look like aliens. Of course they don't look like aliens, you idiots. Hey, can I mention, she talked about Shirley MacLaine, and I thought because she looked as cute as Shirley MacLaine, but this is the 80s when uh -huh. Shirley MacLaine was writing those books about past lives. 
Right. And she's all about past lives. And that's why it was referenced. Yeah. Gotcha. I thought it was because he looked like her from, you know, the apartment or something. Cool. So now he says Ryder was killed at 11 o'clock. 11 o'clock. It's 1058 right now. Now he's putting it together who J.L. Weston is. And he's like, he's going to kill him again. Oh, so there is murder in this. Yeah. Uh, what's the word? Uh, 11 o'clock. It's high 11. <laughs> All right, why are they doing it at noon? It's high 11. Sorry, the time difference in Australia. Oh. He wow! Got on his head. That's a good way. So there's a little blood, but not too much blood, and you can right. Yeah. Unlike recently, we saw a lot of bloodless killing, right? And those old. Oh killings. my god! They you hear a sound of a pop gun, and then suddenly they just fall down. That was. Oh, that I've been was a, shot. It was, was the, no the sound. It was a silent, wasn't it? It. I think it was the whammy jammy zombie. Uh, it was uh, the shape of things to come or whatever. Yes, right. And so it was a zombie. Bloodless killing. But there were other ones. There was another black and white we saw. And and I remember Dead End, too. I mean, he was... Oh, right. You can't well, fake falling off a building, but... So look, he wants to save his life. And so he's like, it's too bad. It's too bad. He goes, look, I didn't charge it all the way. I didn't power it. You can't... So Mike has stolen the time thing to go save Ryder's life. Whoa. Now here's our only surfing scene. Yay! Da 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 da. Da 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 da. Nobody gets what we're singing. Da 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 da. The remake of Hawaii Five-O has been on the air for like 18 years. Did it have that song? I don't know. I never watched it. Well, he goes, "Watch your hand." I never watched it either. The original either. Uh, yeah, watch well, yeah, yeah. But Which doesn't make sense because he's not there to turn on the engine, right? It didn't make sense when they went a minute back in time to prevent what they did, but they're not there in the room. Right. They're not there in the room. It's like the new them. Yeah. From... So now he's it's... like out of charge or something. Oh, no. But he sees... Okay, I don't know if you're recognizing it's the same footage from before. Um, he sees uh, Connie. And so he's like, tells her the story. Let's go save Ryder's life. And Connie just believes in time travel all of a sudden. So Connie. there's Ryder. And what he could do right now is prevent Ryder from going to town. But too late. Too late, so he's got to have enlist Connie to do it. All right, you know what? This film is really good, but I don't want this film to lose me. Don't lose me, film. I understand what's going on. Thank you, Carl. Well, he's going to prevent Ryder from getting shot. That's what he's up to. We're, we're back in time. Nobody, nobody treats jail Weston like yeah. that. So that guy has two non-dust-related jokes, lines. Yeah, that's right, and that's it. Okay, that's so it. now everything's cool, right? She's just going to 
drive with Connie into town and save Ryder's life, right? What could go wrong? What could possibly go wrong? With the Com V that's <laughs> taking them to save Ryder's life. What could possibly go wrong? Uh-oh. Now, look, he's not there with Mike. This is a different future uh, or a different timeline or something. Timeline. J.L. Weston wakes up again. Rise and shine, Weston. Now, remember, when we last left off, Weston and the two thugs were about to burst into the bar and shoot everybody. Right. I don't know why, though. He wants to save the aliens, not shoot them. He's once again discovered they're aliens, you know. Okay. I think I've seen this part. Yes, you have. Uh-oh, Batmobile. Oh, no, what could possibly fake go wrong with our fake effects? <laughs> Did you see how the wheel rolled right in front of the camera? It was, it was good, Carl. Come on. Come on. It was further behind <laughs> than the car was, so it just logically makes sense. Also, does it help when you hear, and action. Yeah, right. There you got Mike. Yeah. Look at that fucking gun he's got, man. Riding sidecar shotgun. That's not a rifle. It's like a Tommy gun or some crap. Yeah. Look at it. It's like a little Uzi. These guys are all dust covers. Come on. Well, they never... They're like outback stereotypes. Well, everyone else lives out there. And... Stop. Uh-oh, Levin. Right. Now they have like a minute to... So... What they do is they're screaming to Ryder. Ryder, look out. Oh, it says police station. I guess it's not a bar. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Ryder, look out. Police station. Ryder. So JL Weston goes in. They hear a bunch of shots and they're like, oh, no, we were too late. But they weren't because they yelled at him. Oh, there's a big pile of bloodless humans. Right. <laughs> of course I'm okay. I can handle these blokes. This lot. Wow, empty cast. He just killed three people? Yeah. And now he gets complaining, complaining. He rolls his eyes. Oh, women. Even though he tricked them to right. get them out there. Who's the jerk? Okay, now... They're all going into the bar. Yeah, we're going to wrap it up. Intriguing. Is it? Is it? I don't know. Yeah, I think you're right. Something else could have happened. But, I mean, this film is good. It does its job. It keeps you interested. Good, yeah. it, it, you're going back in time and then forward. And and, and now we're going to have some big reveals. Of all the gin joints and blah, blah. Right. Ooh. Right. This is when, at the end of the film, I was like, he's bald? <laughs> yeah, Mike. Yes, Mike. I made a promise to ride out. Michael is your son, who you killed with the cricket club. <laughs> what? Yeah, he said, I couldn't tell you because you wouldn't get all grouchy and become a cop and end up here again.
It's a little selfish of the alien. Oh, but you're helping an alien. He goes, I need the power capsule. He goes, yeah, but I brought it to you. He goes, yeah, but then you went back again, dummy. Don't you remember? Where's the power capsule? Guess who's got it? We know who's got it. It's Bowtie Guy. Right. So he, Mike grew up not knowing that he is the son of, right. He never knew his dad, and this was a way to meet his dad. Now, Mike will fall into a ditch, and Joe Bogart will turn back time and say, look out for the ditch. I love it. Wow, that's what I call action. Watch out for the ditch. And... Wow, that's great. They really use the time effects really well. <clears throat> now, there's an action scene going on in which he's chasing the guy for the crown, but we interrupt the, that action to go to this... He's made the arrangement. He's going back 25 years, and he's going to save his own son's life by not – he's going to have a life in which he knew his son and was raised his son. Mike. Right. Who's banging but, his best friend. Who's banging his – I guess so. But somehow Connie's like is the, um, the uh, niece or something weird. I don't know. I think I would know, but boom, he's gone. Back to save your life. So he should be walking in the door. Play it, Sam. Oh, here we go. There we go, Carl, for the sound. Cost him five grand. Listen. We're going to get pulled from YouTube on this. It's worth it. Keep listening. Fundamental things apply. Oh, my. And that's it. Because it, yeah. it would cost him more than five grand. Okay, well, now that we played the musical track that got them in legal trouble. They did get them into legal trouble. They couldn't afford a hundred grand. That's right. do time, 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 dooby dooby doo time. Yeah, yeah, time going by. Oh, is that? Yeah, well, they should have just switched it to a different As Time Goes By song. Carl, what do you think of the movie? I think that the movie was a good film. I don't think it was a bad film. Um, I think the next film we're going to watch is a pretty bad film. I think this was a good film, and it's too bad that it didn't get a chance to... It it, it probably was a very good-looking film, too, but we just saw it on VHS, and it never right. made it to DVD. And... I mean, I'm sure that the exterior shots were fantastic. Yeah. It was the outback and, you know, a magnificent desert and beautiful big sky country, just like Montana, you know. It's a little weird because, I don't know, I, it's a good movie. It's definitely a good movie. I just was hoping for more sci-fi. Yeah. Yeah. They, they used the – they went back in time, time to warn Mike there's a ditch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like maybe – I don't know. Tenet, it is not, right? Tenet, he would go backwards in time while bullets yep. forward or something, something interesting. Join us next week. You can by tuning in to Mutiny Radio next Sunday at, at 2 p.m. 
subscribe to our YouTube channel to see us in person and watch the movie or async or subscribe to our podcast, the OG podcast, L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. Let's watch a full length movie on YouTube. Carl, what a pleasure. Thank you so much. Go to carlsucks.com to see where he's performing. It's probably Scotty's and elsewhere. (laughs) (laughs) No, you're right. You're right. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Friend, I wrote this song. Uh, my turn-ons are satin sheets and made champagne tickles my nose. I love to paint outdoors. Listen, you should follow me on Twitter. It's jokes to Carl, the French duh, not the oh, oh, duh. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with more. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Let's watch a Hi, this is Carl. I wrote this song. I- I'm Mike's friend. My turn-ons are satin sheets. I love to be outdoors. Follow me on Twitter. Jokes to call. The French duh, not the duh, duh. Let's watch a Welcome to L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Hey, Hi, Mike. Carl. Thanks for having I am an official co-host now, and I, I welcome our audience. I was going to thank you, but there's no need to thank you. I'm a regular. You've been a regular on the show for, I don't know, the second year. We've been oh, I've been regularly the- booked. Yes. We're right now streaming first on mutinyradio.fm, the Internet's uh, radio station from San Francisco. You can listen to us every Sunday, 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. We follow Found Round Sound with Scotto at noon, and we're right before Ugly Sundays. Uh, So you can tune in to mutinyradio.fm beginning at noon PST and listen to some music, then watch a movie with us, and then listen to more music. How about that? We're going to watch a full-length movie on YouTube. We also have a podcast by our acronym, L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. We also have a YouTube channel that uh, Colin, that Carl, sorry, uh, Carl. That's all right. Colin's equally as much a friend as me. <laughs> like the uh, same level. We, we are here on YouTube as well. Uh, you can watch us yourself. Hey, look, I'm wearing my mini radio shirt. An exclusive. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, Holy cow. Those, you can't just get those for free. Mike Spiegelman's wearing a Mutiny Radio Comedy <laughs> Festival in Los Angeles. That's like the last year and a half. Um, so you can follow us on the YouTube. You can follow us on the podcast. Or you can stream here as right now on Mutiny Radio. 
Mutiny Radio can use your donations. Go ahead to Venmo, donate at Mutiny Radio. Carl, what is the movie we are watching? What full-length movie are we watching today? Today we will watch The Kid Brother, 1927. The Kid Brother, okay. 1927. The channel we like is <laughs> Title Films. Uh-oh. Way to hit it over the head. It's what? films. What's that's the catch? What What's like. the catch? Okay, so go ahead and type in The Kid Brother. That's from 1927, and that's a special year. We'll tell you in a sec. It is hosted by the channel <coughs> Films. 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 Click the link, hit pause, move it to zero, zero, zero. Uh, we have a really excited. Carl produces yeah. his show. It's a theme song. He yeah. syncs up the videos. Yeah. And he interviewed a celebrity comedian. I did. To, yeah. So while you go on YouTube and figure this out, chill out. Carl has an interview with a uh, celebrity comedian. The celebrity comedian will give you talk about himself, herself, and then we'll do the celebrity comedian countdown. And when that comic says go, we go. Carl, take it away. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Celebrity Comedian Countdown, this time with Gary G. Garcia. Welcome, Gary. What's up, baby? Now, Gary, thank you we're you. Yeah, well, thank you for being there, I, being here. I mean, I have you here because you are a big-time, hot-shot, headliner <laughs> comedian. I was excited to get you. But the first thing I want to say is when people look you up, they got to include the G, right? Yeah, you know, G. Garcia. Very important. Otherwise, Very important. I come up, uh, when you Google Gary Garcia, I come up like on page nine. <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot of, there's a lot more people named Gary Garcia that are doing much more than I am. <laughs> <laughs> um, but if you put in Gary G. Garcia, I pop right up. Now, you were a epic, epic records recording artist. Yeah, Tell back in uh, 1992. How did you get from there to here? Okay, so we're going back to 92. Tell yeah. me a little bit about that time and what was going on with you in your life. Uh, well, we had, uh, we, had, we had started what at the time was the first live hip-hop band. Uh-huh. So it was, uh, you know, live guitar, bass, drums. Uh, we had a live DJ, and then we had a dude, my boy Peter George, who triggered the samples, and I was the vocalist. Uh-huh. And we were called uh, Smoking Suckers with Logic. Smokers, uh, SSL for short. You know, we, we, had, we had a very brief, very quick pop of light, you know. I got to get into Rolling Stone magazine. You know, I had a little <laughs> article there, first issue of Vibe. So it was very quick, and we faded very fast. Well, we, that we, is still... We killed ourselves, really. We, we shot our own foot, feet off. <laughs> well, a hell of a ride. So what, you guys self-destructed in a way? Yeah, no, in every way. That's exactly uh-huh. what happened. We just, you know, you can't give a bunch of... I was 22 at the time. When we got signed, we got signed uh, for like 800,000. Wow, it was yeah. a very large. It was a very large uh, deal for you know a, a first time band, and uh, everything was looking really good. But our heads blew up before the album did. <laughs> our heads blew up even before the album came out. I mean, we were 22. We didn't have no guidance. So you know, here it is. We're taking pictures. I was in the first issue of Vibe. I played with Ziggy Marley. I was playing with KRS. Wow. I played with Julian Lennon. And, you know, you tend to, well, we also got, I should mention, we got kicked off the Bob Marley tour. I mean, yes. the, the Ziggy Marley tour. Uh-huh. Um, because of, you know, our antics. We were a little crazy. It was it was a lot of kids from the street. And, uh, you know, a lot of things happening quick. And no, nobody, you know, we, we, were, we were just wild, man. We went on tour and that was the end of it. 
once we got back from the tour, we left. They gave us a twelve passenger van to go on tour, brand new. When we when we bought it back, it looked like it was from Road Warrior. Oh wow! The windshield was completely shattered. I hit like a wild turkey doing sixty five miles an hour in cruise <laughs> control. It was insane. It was an insane ride, but it was fun. You know, we had some moments. I got a song in uh in um Street Fighter Two, the animated movie. Uh huh. They got one of my songs in there. Awesome. I got a couple of movies. Yeah. So it was cool. Yeah, that's very cool. I mean, I, I understand that it fell apart, you know. Yeah, but then we got Black Bull, which is very true. You can get Black Bull. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought that was a myth, but it's actually very true. You can get Black Bull. You know, we had all the majors coming after us when we first signed with Epic, but then when we broke up with Epic, nobody wanted to touch us. The word was out not to even let us in the door. Yeah. And we weren't, we weren't let in the door. We could have probably broke through it. We were very talented, but I didn't have the patience. Mm-hmm. You know, I was young. Now today, kids, stuff, start having kids. You are not young anymore, right? Not you're yet. in your fifties, like me, and you're yeah. out there doing comedy. Now your your base is Atlantic City, and this is a tourist spot, so the crowds are good every single night of the week, right? Tell well, me about this. Pretty much, I mean, the winter it slows down. In the winter, the average, like I said, on a Monday, Wednesday, Thursday. You're probably going to get like 20, sometimes even 15, you know. But uh, for some reason, Tuesdays, I think it's because they give the free hotel rooms on certain days. So Tuesdays, for some reason, pop. Okay. And uh, then you got the weekends. The weekends carry us through. Saturdays, we're always going to have 100 or more for both shows. And we do two shows every night. And uh, we're supposedly opening up another spot down the boardwalk. I'm not really at liberty to say it yet because I don't think it's been completely finalized. Right. But if that's the case, we'll have another room. Before well, COVID, we had five rooms. So that'll make you have three rooms. Yeah. Then Well, well the Anchor Rock Club, I don't know if we're going through the whole winter with that. They do a okay. lot of rock shows there, too. Right now, we have a deal with them where we're doing uh, Mondays and Tuesdays. Okay. Okay. You know, so uh, what was the, I mean, before COVID, we had five, five rooms every single night of the week. I would do a show in Tropicana, run to run, you know, get off the stage, run all the way down because we had another show going on, but I was going on later, run down to Caesars, then run to Bally's, then finish it off over at Showboat. Wow, what a night. Good times, yeah, it was rock and roll, man, just running from show to show, going off, it was great. And each room was usually pretty well because there's always going to be people out here. And the good thing about Atlantic City is the people that come out here, unlike New York, I do a lot of shows in New York, I'm out there every Monday, I run a midnight show there called... uh, the Not Quite Tuesday show with my brother Adam Gable. Uh-huh. When I say my brother, I mean my brother in comedy. Um, uh, Adam Gable, we run, we run a midnight show there. We've been out there for like, we've been out there doing shows for two years, but with the Not Quite Tuesday show, it's a full year. We just made like a year about three months ago. We made a year over there. So that's always popping. But out there it's different because that's tourist also. And, yeah. and But the tourists there are from like, you know, you know, freaking other countries. You'll get people mm-hmm. from Denmark and England and Ireland and, and all these different countries, which is great when you when you do well because you know your stuff is universal. People from anywhere can, you know, can relate yeah. to it. Yeah. But in Atlantic City, the tourists that you get are Ohio, PA, you know, Chicago, Detroit, and, and right. like, you know, uh, Florida. And so when you hit the road, these are people that are actually going to follow you and become fans and, and stick with you. Having having two fans in England is great, but it's not going <laughs> to do nothing for my career. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yes, so the good thing about Atlantic City is it correlates to when I hit the road. 
because mm-hmm. the people that see me in Atlantic City, when I come out to their hometowns, then they come out to see me. So, yeah, so right. Atlantic City, you know, has been has been a blessing to me, you know, in so many ways, even just the time. During COVID, we were open. Once they opened up the restaurants, we were the only live entertainment in probably anywhere in, in the East Coast, but definitely in Atlantic City. There was nothing else open, no bars, no clubs, nothing, no live shows. We were the only live show. We were allowed 60 people. And uh, we were sold out every single night. I bet you, yeah. And I was doing two months. shows a night, 30, 40 minutes a night. There were some nights, I think the longest I did was like an hour and 26 minutes is the longest I've done so far. One night they just let me go. I was like, go as long as you want. Gotcha. Um, but I was, there was a point I was, I, I'll say, and I'll say this boldly, and I'm pretty sure it's true. I was doing more time as a comedian than any other comedian, definitely in the East Coast. Uh-huh. Um, I would probably say the world. I was doing an hour at night, easy. Gotcha. Every single night during, during the lockdowns. That's your so job. There was a point where I was just building and building. I, I, it's been a great opportunity for me, you know? Well, yeah, you were talking to me about your comedy special. You've retired all those jokes because yeah. you don't want people to come out and see you go, oh, I saw that on the special, right? That well, means I just want them to see me to go home and be like, oh, I didn't, I didn't hear him say that tonight. This is Right, right. Now, you've also got this Rated G podcast, okay? And yeah. I'm sure it's G from Gary G. Garcia and then Rated G, which I'm sure it ain't, you know? And I think yeah. Brian... No, it's not. Who's your co-host, Brian? Brian Licata. Licata. Okay. Yeah. Tell me about this one. Two episodes away right now, which by the time this comes out, I'll be at my 100th episode, which is... Very nice. be a very big milestone. I've had, like, some good people on there. I've had uh, uh, Jimmy G from... Um, Murphy's Law on there. Mm-hmm. I had Tommy Chong from Cheech and Chong. Yeah. I had Eleanor, uh, Eleanor Kerrigan on there. She's a beast comedian. She's also from, um, what was that show, Entourage? Right. So we got some good, some like really good people. And then, and then most of the people you're going to see on my show are people who are going to be stars. Gotcha. You know they're what I'm saying? Like they're making noise. They're up there. These are people I believe in. And uh, these are people to watch out for. Tell me about this one. Two episodes away right now, which by the time this comes out, I'll be at my hundredth episode, which is very nice. Be a very big milestone. I've had like some good people on there. I've had uh, uh, Jimmy G from um, Murphy's Law on there. Mm-hmm. I had Tommy Chong from Cheech and Chong. Yeah, I've had Eleanor uh, Eleanor Kerrigan on there. She's a beast comedian. She's also from um, what was that show, Entourage? Right. So we got some good, some like really good people, and then and then most of the people you're gonna see on my show are people who are going to be stars. Gotcha. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're making noise. They're up there. These are people I believe in. And uh, these are people to watch out for. Now, you're no slouch yourself. You've even been on Showtimes. The show was called Billions. Tell me about that experience. How you got cast? What happened there? That's that's a lot more big. People always say, you might have seen them on Billions. Yeah. People who don't know me did not see me on Billions. (laughs) (laughs) Because, you know, I basically was in the background. I was in the background. I did background acting. I'm very good at, I'm in a couple of movies pretending to talk. But people <laughs> who know me saw me on, on Billions. Like, people right. who know me call me up like, yo, gee, I just saw you on Billions. Because <laughs> when we did the shoot, I saw, you know, there were all these seats to the left. And then to the right, there were these two seats. So I already knew. I'm like, that's where the main actors are going to be sitting, you know? Everyone else didn't <laughs> pick up on that. So, of course, I picked the seat right next to them. And then everybody saw me do that, so they all started jumping into the seats next to them. And then 
they moved everybody around, but I got to sit right next to the dude, so you see me throughout the whole scene. So technically, mm -hmm. I was on Showtime. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So technically, I was on, you know, I was on Billions. You know. Well, you got a great credit for opening. I made, up apparently, I made a, I made a, an impact because they wanted to bring me back. Uh huh. 